Hello and welcome. You are listening to Midwestern Minutes, episode 01. We are broadcasting today from Minneapolis, St. Paul, the twin cities of Minnesota. I'm your host, Devin Stahecki. And I'm your host, Kyle Brown. And we're very excited that you took the time to listen to us today. We are today. psyched. Super psyched. Super psyched. Before we get going, we'd like to issue a couple of shout-outs. Shouts out. Kyle, would you like to get us started? I would like to get us started. Shouts out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to shout-out um, our Airbnb unit because it's phenomenal, and the man who lives here is clearly phenomenal. I'd like to shout-out the city of Cleveland because they, they won something. Sports. They, they won, won a, sport, a sport. Which is incredible for them and not that common. And, and we know that when we say shout-outs to Cleveland, any of our friends that are listening to this that are Cleveland fans should hopefully just, like, chug a beer or hoot or do something or, like, burn a couch or something. Or, as know. per my rural brethren, just, like, shout hell yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, I'd also like to shout-out to my dear friend Olivia Gohagen, who met us last night. Uh, she helped us drink our hams, she which we'll talk us. about later. She helped us put away 128 ounces of hams. So, shouts out to you, Olivia. You really gutted that one out. Um, and also, shouts out to our lovely hosts, uh, our lovely guests today. Yes. We are joined here by Cole and Taylor. Hello. This is Cole. I'm a boy. <laughs> you got more to say? Tell us about yourself. Oh, uh, uh, we moved here from North Carolina. Uh, but I'm Canadian, which is why I don't sound like I'm from North Carolina. Give us a give us a good Canadian. Uh, but you know, we we came here down from Canada, right? And uh, well, we live in Minnesota now, eh? So that's, give me in a boot. The way it goes. Oh, you want in a boat? <laughs> Who am I to say what that's about, eh? <laughs> Taylor, you have the unenviable task of introducing yourself after that. Um, I. I pity you for having to follow that. Yes, I definitely can't top that. Uh, <laughs> but I'm Taylor. I'm from North Carolina. I was born there, lived there 23 years, 22 years, and then moved here to St. Paul. Um, accent free. Accent free? Accent free? Yeah, that's true. You're, there's put put no, it on uh, thick for him. Yeah, do it. He did it. Y'all, I just don't think I can do a southern accent, you know. I haven't lived there in, like, over a year. <laughs> Thank wow, you. Wow, that's impressive. You've masked that impressively. Like, any sort, not even not <laughs> even an accent that strong, right? But any sort of even slight hint of a southern accent has been completely undetectable up to this point. So, And I can, coming from New York, I do a pretty good job of keeping out any New York or Long Island or... New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state accent <laughs> out of my dialect, I feel like. So, I once met a man who who told, who asked me if I was from Southern Ohio after hearing me speak like three sentences and I was just <laughs> baffled. I had no idea how he did it. I thought that the Midwest was accent free, but it's not. I got my worship machine and <laughs> Are there any other, like, vernaculars of the Midwest oh. that I'm, like, not capturing? So, in Minnesota, they don't lend you something. They borrow you something. So, like... Like, if I were to give you my phone right now... You're I'd borrowing be... me your phone. That's very strange. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. The public... So, let's start with the, the public transit and the layout of, of the city, right? So, there's a light rail system, and... Being from Detroit, where the goal is to implement a light rail system, if it works like this, I am 100% on board because this city is really spread out. I was struck by like how big Minneapolis-St. Paul feels. And I guess that's kind of because of the fact that you have twin cities and then you have a lot of space in between them. So it took, Kyle, it took us what, like how long? Like we, got a, we got out in St. Paul and we rode all the way to Target Field in Minneapolis and it took like... 40 minutes i want to say it was, felt very efficient though there were like a lot of people on the trains yeah um which was cool to see the platforms were like always filled with people yeah um it seemed well implemented it didn't stop at too many red lights even though it's at traffic level yeah which is not necessarily always well implemented 
Yeah, and it's it gave me a sense of how big the city feels. Like this city feels very sprawling and large. You've mentioned that a few times. Um, and I <laughs> I can't really help but get over it because it's it's very big, but it's also feels very populated and there's like a nice mix of downtown like st paul which has a lot of businesses it seems like and then there's no well, you, i don't know you're making know. shrugging faces I don't, you, i'm not gonna state anything factually you work uh, you worked here for i did work here taylor actually still works here how often do you use public transportation to get to and fro work or to places you might be traveling so I use the bus every day for work. Um, positive also, experience, negative experience? Um, pretty positive. They keep them clean. They run fairly consistently, except for like midwinter. Uh, and I don't. We don't always take advantage of this, but for big events like beer dabblers, the jazz festival, any event happening in or around the cities that could be serviced by the bus they'll often offer free printouts so that you could ride for free um, and get to these events. They do a lot of advertising for the Metro transit system, um, encouraging you to drive or not to drive <laughs> and instead to use the bus for work events, just getting around in general. That's really cool. That's awesome. As coming from a city with like lackluster public transportation, Another advertising thing they did that Devin noticed immediately was um, oh, their yeah. uh, campaign to keep you off the tracks. Yeah, all <laughs> these signs that say, see tracks, think train. And it seems self-explanatory. It seems pr- I don't know. What do people normally think when they see tracks? I don't know. I don't know. You always have to worry about the public. They're pretty stupid. The public has been known to do some dumb things from time to time. But... Cole, you use the public transport. What do you think about it? I have used the bus exactly one time because <laughs> some children that we were friends with wanted to go on the bus. Children? So mom that sounded them. so cool. Yeah, that children? sounded real awful. My cousin's I'm actually children wanted to we'll take bleep the bus. That. <laughs> <laughs> we all think that it's just someone's identity that we're keeping safe. Yeah. Taylor's Obama. family wanted to use the bus, and they were super excited for it. So I've ridden the bus exactly one time, and it was just fine do you think that your experience was tainted by the fact that you were with children uh no it was an empty bus and they were running back and forth and it was it was enjoyable they really wanted to pull the cord but that's everywhere i think does the cord do anything yeah it makes a ding 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 oh. that's how you request your stop but like doesn't it stop just stops everywhere no if there's no one at the stop and it's like a um and nobody dings yeah i just rest past just, oh that's pretty nice columbus yeah. they like stop every time it's really annoying actually no What's occasionally like, Oh, occasionally they'll stop if they're, like, too far ahead of schedule and oh. just sit there for, like, two to three minutes until they catch back up. So Sucks to be on the bus. Good for the people at the stops. I mean, you're in the air conditioning or the heat if it's winter, so it's nice. So you mentioned the heat in winter, so mm. let's go ahead and pivot a second. Yeah, so this is actually, like, a big thing because everybody in the Midwest experiences gray and cold. So we're here in, what is this today, June 25th hypothetically i don't know um it's beautiful it's 97 degrees outside it's sunny it's getting darker but that's like after all every afternoon but we we hear we have reason to believe that actually darkness is a is a fairly common occurrence right nighttime is a common occurrence i don't believe so Mm, Mm -hmm. no no um but it is beautiful here today and we have enjoyed it immensely however you can't you can't talk about Minnesota or even like most of northern US really yeah anything that borders Canada to like you know on any side you can't talk about that without mentioning what's it like here in the winter like i noticed from the first thing we came in to downtown St. Paul there's all these all the buildings are connected by like a skyway like you know and you can live it you can live in there you can spend all your time in there yeah, so what's it like what's it like here in the winter? Is it just so brutal? Like how do you how do you cope with it? Because we're used to cold. But well, you're used to cold. We moved here from the south. So we were not used to cold. We got the full Minnesota winter all at once. 
and it just about killed us, but we scraped through. It was, it was rough. There were days at the bus stop, and I was like, I'm only surviving this because of my clothes, and it was like literally half a grand I like, worth of clothing on my body. I believe based on Snapchat that you bought clothing that made you look essentially like the Michelin man? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I bought her crampons for her boots. They were strap-on crampons because we were so afraid of the winter. You know, we get three inches back home, we, we get scared, so... We were so afraid of the winter that I bought her like full-on mountaineering stuff in case we live like 30 feet from the bus stop. From, yeah, from but door I still busted stop. my ass. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure she didn't die. Like we were scared. So what? What is? What do things look like at work when people come in the middle of January? And it's like crampon. Like do, do people hang their crampons up along the wall? Is there uh, like? Okay, so I'm in the minority with wearing those, but it's definitely. So you did wear them though. Uh, not that much because as we were told it was a mild winter <laughs> but um, definitely at work you get in it's dark you're freezing everyone is switching from boots to work shoes shedding layers um, and you work all day you get out it's dark it's cold and so you, you go to sleep no well actually I feel like we went to sleep on average like probably two hours earlier than we do now oh Jesus what is so so your social life tends to shift significantly then between winter and summer so like summertime you guys are out enjoying oh, yeah. it yeah because it's beautiful it's I mean, like having, the perfect summer having survived the winter we feel it's our duty to enjoy the minnesotan summer we we like every single weekend we're like hey we should we have to get outside otherwise we'll hate ourselves and then like would you say it's fair to say that once a week we picnic? Maybe twice a week? Yeah, we definitely. We just always eat outside just because, like, it's so nice. And there's parks everywhere. There, so we yeah. Can, there yeah. seems like there's a ton of parks. like just And people taking advantage of them right now. Yeah, it's awesome. There's people. There's, I feel like that's a common sentiment here. Like, we survived. Now we have to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. so I feel like the, the city very much feels like it's teeming with people active for lifestyles to, yeah looking for ways to like i try to enjoy the outside i believe minnesota is the most active city in america it is okay or minneapolis rather it's like the most active city in america it's got it's like the most bikeable city in america it's like super outdoorsy probably because everyone's just compensating for like barely surviving through the six months the state park system is obviously well funded like you can buy passes for the entire summer for parking they have have you guys been snowshoeing yet um because it was a mild winter <laughs> um a lot of the trails weren't open for snowshoeing oh that's actually a bummer to get to work so i mean <laughs> same deal <laughs> whatever you got you got the general experience <laughs> snowshoeing is kind of a sad sport anyway kind of like cross-country skiing i don't really <sighs> Uh oh, are you gonna disagree with me right here? Oh no, it's fucking terrible. Oh yeah, what's <laughs> the point? What is the point? Like, my cross country skiing seems like one of those things that you try really hard to be like, I'm enjoying this because I gotta tell people how much I enjoy this. I think as with all skiing in the Midwest, like a key ingredient to cross country skiing is alcohol, or like something to make it less boring. But but see, I could get it with with downhill skiing. Because yeah, but like most of what we ski here is trash heaps. Like previously, trash heaps. I can just like you can garbage. see the top of the mountain, and then you like come down. It takes like four minutes. And it takes longer to ride the lift back up. Big garbage piles covered in snow, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> and we love it. Probably the best thing about this past winter was neither of us have seen a frozen river before. Yeah, what was it and like? And so that was like such a novel thing to us that like it was frozen enough you could walk on it, and that the water was rushing under it. And everyone listening from the Midwest is going to be like, "Okay, cool." The ice has to be like six inches thick to do that, though, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, so we don't even get that. The Mississippi in Ohio. freezes completely on the top. The um, Mississippi? No. No, oh. it has previously. I don't know enough to walk on it, but I think. Like three years ago. So you guys did ice fish. No, no we're not I that wish cool. we would have. Do you though. want to? Yeah, yes. it's the top of the list for this summer or for this winter is like ice fishing, <laughs> cross country skiing, which we didn't do, snowshoeing, which we didn't do, uh, and then I really want to be in a car when it drives out on the lake. I think 
Just because, like, that seems bananas to me. That seems horrifying, though. Yeah, I know. How cool would that be? <laughs> yeah, um, a river between Wisconsin and Minnesota freezes over, and you can drive on the river to cross the state line. Like, they plow it and make lane lines, and, like, it's, it's a new, like, transportation zone in the winter. Is that being affected by global warming at all? Like, are, they, are people more skeptical about Like, I've seen ice road truckers. I know they go through oh, it sometimes. I, you read my mind. I was like, all I'm hearing right now is ice road truckers. Like, we need to come back in January and pretend to be ice road truckers. <laughs> or, or I just want to, like, pretend to be... Stay tuned for King of Minneapolis Part 2. <laughs> We're in death and I die in a frozen river. Or, like, just running Canadian club over a frozen <laughs> river. Even though it's completely legal, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Weren't there more reported cases of people like falling into bodies of water this winter just because it didn't get cold enough yeah yeah and they're like oh i've been able to drive on it in february before it should be fine and they just like like the dude crashed his snowmobile you see ice think train (laughs) (laughs) but what that doesn't make any sense because wouldn't people be like i mean unless people draw the assumption like february means means i can drive on ice shouldn't they actually be making the Negative 20 degrees means I can drive on ice. That seems the more well, logical we were, connection to make in, in one's mind. We were told earlier that uh, most Midwestern snow sports involve alcohol. <laughs> so there might be some connection. That's 100%. I think, confirm. I think we can confirm, confirm that. We'll confirm. You guys mentioned all the things you haven't done or want to do in the winter. Um, but I know you guys are pretty active outdoors now. What kind of stuff are you spending your time doing whilst it's patio season um drinking on patios of course patio season is like a religious holiday up here almost there's a billboard up on 94 actually for i think coffee but it's like patio season's here yeah i think starting in may every time around lunch someone would walk around and be like which patio do you want to go to today and we honestly sit outside probably like four days of the week as long as it's not raining, basically. Um, but like outside of that, pretty big into the outdoors. So we like do not come from a land of water sports, right? There's like the ocean, which is great, but we do not have like waterways. Like a limited amount of yeah. things you can do with the ocean. Yeah, and so we have just been like kayaking for the first time, canoeing for the first time, stand up paddleboard for the first time, and we are just like out there all the time. It's so much fun. Uh, land of 10,000 lakes, I guess, right? So you got to make use of that. Uh, Fun fact, Wisconsin has more lakes. Yep, they hate it when you say that. Oh, shit. I know, fighting words right there. So the the hiking is not super um, difficult. Like, it's not, there's not a lot of elevation in the state to make it difficult, but there's a lot of, like, really beautiful, well-maintained, kind of meandering, like, kind of meadow hikes, uh, and they're just gorgeous. And, like, you can drive 20, 25 minutes in any direction from the Twin Cities, and you'll find just this little hidden gem of a state park. Uh, like, we found our top two are definitely Afton State Park and Lebanon Hills, and there's just, like, miles and miles of curated trails, and it's just so much fun to go out there. And it's all, they're all, like, free or, like, five bucks. Their, their park systems are just super, like, accessible. Um, yes, yeah, so we, go, we go hiking a lot. We go on the water a lot. Uh, we haven't done anything like everyone says that you have to go up north, especially like when the when the uh, seasons change and you get to see the the leaves turn. Oh it's supposed yeah, to be really cool. Can you see up north? You can in Minnesota. You can see the northern lights, yeah. right? Yeah, that's like a super life goal. It's like an all time life goal. So you guys didn't do that. No, over we didn't. This winter. So okay. I'm super, and I believe we're in like a 30 year high for electromagnetic activity around this year so we should probably go up there and magnets sorry the the nerd just (laughs) how do they work i do think this winter will be better now that we know more people and so sometimes it's like you don't want to go all the way up north like just the two of us and by up north do we mean like the duluth area um i would say i would say north of duluth probably would be considered like up north where how much north Oh, God. Oh, God, our, our lack of knowledge of the geography of Minnesota oh, is showing. Like, three hours starts getting you to up north 
Yeah. Is that Canada or is that still the U.S.? Canada is like another like four or five hours. Like wow. Minnesota is a real long state, and we are pretty far down south. Yeah, Minneapolis, St. Paul is pretty far south. Yeah. I mean, like a hundred percent of the drive here was Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was very, very lush, very hilly. I mean, it's lush yeah. here too. Yeah. Everything up here is really it's lush so and green. green and beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so once we got here, we did, Kyle and I did, uh, we traveled to the part of town where the University of Minnesota is. Yeah. That was very interesting. What was real? we we went to a great... Uh, vegan vegetarian cafe. Vegan vegetarian At risk of alienating cafe. everyone who's listening right now. Yes, but the best part was it was... No one. It was like this anarcho, anti-capitalist punk cafe just right next to the business school for University of Minnesota and had we had the both of us gone to University of Minnesota there's no question that we would have met there no question we would have met there absolutely we would have been playing I don't there were a lot of board games yeah probably would have been playing checkers boggle boggle votes for boggle (laughs) and eating seitan Philly cheesesteaks which were delicious yeah, especially after you spend 12 hours in a car eating... We ate Pop-Tarts and donuts and coffee for 24 straight hours. All right, so, so next we, topic. Well, we just, our, we just mentioned um, seitan Philly cheesesteaks that we ate yesterday, but that's not really like an iconic Minneapolis food. Yeah, we want to ask food, you guys, so what's, what's Minnesota or Minneapolis-St. Paul? What does is, what is that on a plate look like? Well, it's definitely a Juicy Lucy, which is an awful name, but it's a cheeseburger where the cheese is on the inside, and there's a few iconic places. Um, What's Matt- that, like, really greasy spoon one down by the lake? Matt's. Matt's. So there's Matt's. Shout and out to Matt's. there's the Nook in St. Paul, and there's also one more in Minneapolis, and they all compete to, like, say who was the first to create it, but... That's delicious. And then there's a place called the Blue Door Pub, which does their take on it, the Blue Sea, which is my personal favorite. And so they get a little more creative with theirs. Like they have one that has queso in it and they put like guacamole on top. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And then they have like Cajun ones with pepper jack cheese in it. I think I recall watching you eat one that was like the most decadent hamburger I've ever seen in my whole life. It was like bacon and peanut butter and... Oh, okay. So that was American Burger Bar. I feel like... All Wait. the burgers up here are next level. Just like, I don't think you could beat the burgers. So you think else. the burgers are a defining characteristic of Minnesota? Yeah, I will. Like elevated burger. Yeah. Elevated burger game. It reminds me of the only thing I can think of that relates to it is the mushroom burger from Shake Shack. That's fried mushroom with cheese inside of it. Well, like, just like something that's stuffed with. Being from the Midwest, I don't, I've literally never touched Shake Shack. Uh, well, you said someday, someday soon, it'll make its way. It's we don't want it. Shake, no, you do. You do. You do. <laughs> Shake Shack is a chain that's set on national domination. The other iconic Minnesota foods are definitely cheese curds, uh, which we had zero of. There was a booth at the North Carolina State Fair that technically they claimed sold cheese curds but were actually, I think, just cubed blocks of cheese that were fried. <laughs> Is that not what cheese curds no, are? Dude, no, dude, cheese curds are, like, like chemically different. They are, they're, like, when... Technically? No, chemically. Chemically. When the, when the whey separates from the milk solids, you get curds. They're, like, squeaky and chewy and pulley, and they melt differently than cheese does, and they're just the most beautiful non-meat thing in the world. For those of you listening, Cole is... Like raising his arms to the heavens. And oh yeah, and they're thanking, up there, thanking the skies above for, for pure ecstasy. Curds. I can, I can definitely relate to that. So cheese curds are in poutine, which is a pretty major part of Detroit food because of the this is about Detroit, Canada, and cheese curds are pretty amazing. I always thought they were like a Wisconsin thing, but yeah, so did I. Well, yeah, Chris, uh, who we worked with, would contest us and definitely say, like, that is Wisconsin's thing, and you're appropriating it for sure. And that you should go to Ellsworth, which is a farm right across the border. Presumably all the cheese comes from their cows. So I guess they could probably claim it. 
but it's a Minnesota thing too. You definitely can't find it outside of this general area though. The yeah. other thing we need to talk about is I don't know what it's called. Your coworker gave you one oh, as a sign of affection. Hot dish. And it's a hot dish. Oh, describe the dish. Um, so cream of whatever soup. Mushroom. You th- well, you can choose. Oh. I think hers was cream of chicken. Oh. Which we won't even get into what is that. Um, Creamed chicken. There's no way to know what that is. And then, like, ground beef, and then the signature piece is that it's topped with tater tots. And it was... I knew it was bad for me, but it was the best thing I've ever eaten, probably. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. (laughs) I give my highest praise to the Minnesota dish. You're going to say that's better than, like, southern barbecue? I think your ancestors' ghosts will haunt you. I think they will, but, like... Oh, it's just so decadent in a way that, like, no other food has ever been. Like, American decadence? Yeah, also, like, I totally lean more to the savory side, so it's just, like, crunchy, salty tater tots, like... This by far the most yeah. resoundingly positive thing you've said about Minnesota so Oh, far. yeah, I love the food here, and I love the summer. I got things that I truly love. Now, you did call it a hot dish. Can you tell us what the difference between a hot dish and a casserole is? No, and I personally don't believe in a difference between the two. (laughs) But somehow they're distinguishing between the two here in Minnesota. Okay. This is when you need to, like, phone a native. Let's talk a little bit about our personal food experience here today, perhaps. Because you guys showed us the Indorito. Could you describe the Indorito? Also, thank you for the Indorito. Thank you so much. The Indorito is a Indian burrito. Uh, it's like this little, don't say. little food truck place, and they serve uh, a whole bunch of vegetarian stuff. So we went and we got Indian tacos because we wanted to sample everything. Uh, and we got alu gobi and chana and spinach paneer Indian tacos served on like a, a roti instead of like a tortilla and they are dope <laughs> Dope they were they were pretty dope. It just yeah. seems like the perfect way to serve Indian food and it's located in The Midtown global market, which is an area that has a lot of great um, Restaurants in there. That's probably the star of them to me personally, but there's a that place wonderful look Mediterranean place also. really cool like yeah. all the restaurants in there look phenomenal the Mexican places look pretty good, which is a rarity. Mexican food up here is hard to come by. Hard yeah. to come by because they can't take the cold. The people that operate the restaurants and and the people can't take the spice. Oh, that's spicy. Oh, there's some pepper in. Oh, there. is there pepper in that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think I need some milk. <laughs> I'll wash that dish. down. <laughs> I'm glad none of our listeners are actually Minnesotans. Not yet. I mean, that's true. That was rude. Well, they'd just be really mad at us, I feel like. I don't know. Oh. I like to think that they'd be good sports about it. Let's talk about, you guys were mentioning to us the beer scene, because later today we want to drink the beer. Full disclosure, last night, we're alcoholics. Kyle and I went to a bar along the river, the lovely Tugs Tavern. Shout out to Tugs for being the only thing on the river that's open at 1 a.m. Yeah, very odd closing times we experienced last night. But despite the fact that our part of our mission statement was to try various local beers in each of the cities that we we visited, we bought 128 ounces of hams (laughs) in what is called a rocket, which we referred to as a beer aquarium. So we have we have some catching up to do tonight to really get the true the true uh, Minnesota in a bottle experience. What you're getting right now, you've got some Fulton in front of you, and how is that, by the way? I've got how a would you describe l- it? Lonely Blonde by Fulton, which is an American blonde ale, and it is um, pretty good. Oh, does it say that on the label as well? It says it on the label. Pretty it says good. right here. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. It's and um, it's like 
Even My their advertisements are modest here. Oh, it's a, it's it's pretty it's pretty okay there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best in the in the country, but it's pretty good. You guys have been here a while. What do you think of the beer the beer scene here, and what do people think about the beer scene here? Um, everyone is definitely into it. Cole can't speak on this because <laughs> he doesn't drink. Okay. Um. But both of the cities have large brewery scenes. It's St. Paul is kind of the runt of the two you cities. Like name a few of the good ones. Yeah, but in this case, like this is where they stay equal with Minneapolis. Like they both have high quality breweries on both sides. Um, St. Paul side, um, Summit is great, but my favorite is probably Bauhaus in Northeast Minneapolis, which is just like a hotbed of new breweries. So there's Summit, there's Fulton. There's uh, Surly, which is like the big one. It's like oh, on yeah. Food Network and stuff. Oh, Surly is really good. Yeah, Surly's real popular. Six One Two Brew, Dangerous Man, Lakes and Legends. Lakes and Legends. This is a lot um, already. If you like, it's not yeah. Minnesotan, but the Spotted Cow is that what it's called? Oh, is, you you can't. It's from Wisconsin, but like you, they don't sell it anywhere else but Wisconsin. But people from here like journey to get it, and whenever someone has it, they'll bring it out, and people will like just all gravitate to looking at it and like watch them drink it and just be jealous. It's supposed to be very good, so maybe seek out one of those. It sounds kind of sad. It's like a really sad, like, let me watch you drink a beer. I mean, no one's going to share it. <laughs> What's your personal favorite beer, Taylor? Um, Wonder Stuff by Bauhaus. It's an IPA. It's really good. I've suddenly started liking IPAs within the past like month of my life. Excellent. <laughs> Converted. <laughs> and then I think Lonely Blonde is like everyone's go-to or Liftbridge Farm Girl. It's it's alright. <laughs> it's like your go-to. Like This is a go-to? What so the fact that I immediately grabbed that in the liquor store downstairs means that I... It's a really nice, pretty you're yellow color. I'm uh, basically a native. I would do well here is what yeah. you're trying to say. I think it means you're just, like, basic. <laughs> to appropriate the term basic. I think everyone gets really hyped for the summit seasonal, too. Whatever's on tap. Yesterday, Taylor and I went to a <laughs> giant, massive, pride-themed uh, yes. beer tasting called the Beer Dabbler. Uh... And they accidentally did not honor my DD ticket and instead gave me a real drinker ticket. So I got this cute tiny little glass and I had a few sippy sips of some stuff. Uh, it turns out it was all awful because I don't like beer. But <laughs> disregard me. Expert but opinion. You, you had mentioned to me earlier, though, that there were some really cool Pride-themed beers here. It some, is Pride this weekend. It is. And there were some... So every brewery was required to bring at least one Pride-themed beer. And there were some awesome stuff. There was... Bauhaus had a glitter-infused, an edible glitter-infused beer, uh, which we didn't make it to because they sold out early. Like ran out of it immediately. Um, Obviously, because that sounds Fulton awesome. had oh, a Liberace-themed beer. Ooh. Um, what makes a beer Liberace-themed? I mean, like is the is the label like out there? It should be I mean, Liberace. Like, think I, of, think I always think of the outfits. So it's got to be like dressed the fuck up from the outside. Yeah? I don't know. They didn't have cans. They were coming from the keg. There was a Queen Latifah one, which was chocolate and coffee and something else, and everyone loved it. There was a Laverne Cox, and it was orange. Yeah, It was orange. Orange is the new cream is what it was called. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a really Ooh. cool name. That's a good name. Yeah. RuPaul's Randy Shandy. Ooh. These all sound really good. Yeah, they... I'm, uh, like, really sad we didn't attend this event now. Yeah, you guys would have loved it. Taylor yeah. got... I believe the kids call it Faded. <laughs> you... Both of you mentioned before that you've migrated here from the south, right? You've been here about a year. Um, what's... So, can you tell us about the transition from North Carolina to the Midwest? Like, what's that what's that been like and what struck you as what stood out to you most about like being here versus being in the south uh i mean obviously like geographically there's a lot of different weather in here which has <laughs> been its own thing 
but uh, I mean, predictably, the people are quite different. Uh, turns out that Minnesota Nice was like a a joke, not a joke. That's that's, but it's like different than what we expected. Different than what we expected. Okay. What did you expect about it? Uh, I expected it to be entirely literal, and that they were like the warmest, you know, like like Americans, you know, just like <laughs> like bless your heart. Says the Canadian. Well, yeah, I guess. And then drops the most just, southern <laughs> line. Just for those who are who are not familiar, though, this is like a stereotype of the Midwest in Minnesota, in particular. It's called Midwest or Minnesota Nice, depending on where you are, and. I'm. I mean, in, I'm not entirely sure what it means either. So, I mean, I've always thought about it as as another person from outside the Midwest. Yeah, but it's always kind of been portrayed as that kind of like almost overbearing friendliness um, and super welcoming. Um, you know, sort of a conversation that's very that you have with complete strangers. And I remember, Kyle, when you came back from spending your your summer working here, even you told me that, like, Minnesota Nice is a real thing. Like, you go into a convenience store and people, like, want to talk to you. I remember that distinctly. Um, I don't recall. <laughs> no, I... But I was thinking... I think is, Midwestern Nice is a thing. I, In my opinion, people here... I wouldn't say it's an opinion. In my experience here, people tend to be incredibly nice in ways that they are throughout the Midwest. Like the way you see in Ohio where people are like holding a door for you for like a long time. But I understand that that is not the experience of one Taylor who is in the room. Please elaborate, Taylor. So I think Midwestern nice as I expected it. I've seen that in people from other places in the midwest but minnesota such as such as ohio Ohio. and wisconsin actually wisconsin shout out badgers shout out badgers wisconsinians (laughs) scansen so you've experienced it from other parts of the midwest but when we talked about it earlier you mentioned that you didn't feel like it was like authentically or like it didn't meet your expectations of what midwestern nice would be when you moved to minnesota yeah, I, so coming from the South, you if you pass someone in a hallway, you say hi to them. If you're in an elevator. Like complete strangers. Yeah, complete strangers. You ask how their day's going. You make small talk when you're at a restaurant or if you're out and about anywhere. Um, and so I expected that would be true of Minnesota Nice as well. And I thought... Also, that like being new to town, people would be would be more like inviting, which hasn't been true for us so far. Um, yeah, you mentioned earlier today. Um, I forget exactly the verbiage you used, but something along the lines of a Minnesotan will be inviting to you in any way, but they won't invite you to your to their cabin. Yeah, because that's actually a saying that like everyone from around here is familiar with. Too. What's the like, exact saying? Like, how uh, is it? they'll give you their address to anywhere, no, but they'll oh. give you directions to anywhere but their cabin. We got it finally. <laughs> well, um, everyone here has a cabin. Yeah, so like you don't really need the directions to someone else's cabin. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you should have your own cabin by now. In fact, I've. Have you acquired a cabin yet? No, but I've gotten direction to someone's cabin, but he was from Iowa, so... <laughs> no. Not interested. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I mean, that's... Uh, that's very... In, that's kind of surprising. It goes... It flies think, in the face of, like, the, the you, Fargo stereotype of, like, oh, hey, how are you? And, like... You described it earlier as, like, a transactional kind of nice. Like, long enough for you to go away. Right, almost like it's uh like a bank teller often if someone's asking like how are you it's almost like a very dismissive conversation like like they've already moved like they're going through the they're going almost like they're going through the motions yeah it's like they're being nice they're saying nice things because they're expected to say nice things but you don't feel that same sort of warmth yeah 
warm. It seems more like transactional, like checking the box. So that's kind of interesting. And maybe that's maybe that's just proof that Minneapolis, St. Paul has just the same amount of I mean, I think we need to I mean, to evaluate what Midwestern or Minnesota nice is in the first place, like it's all about expectations. Um, like this wouldn't they're not like awful people, right? If this was New York, they'd be nice, right? Like they'd be they'd be <laughs> real friendly. It's just that we had such like a high bar of like, oh man, we're gonna move to the land of like hugs. It's gonna be great. Exactly. Yeah, hugs and cheese curds. I think that'd be stranger though if like someone approached yeah, you probably. on the street and hugged you. I'd be worried. Oh yeah. I mean, I would assume that was hyperbole. But like I haven't within I mean Devin, you moved to Ohio from New York, so like, let's take Minnesota nice up. Assume it is Midwestern nice, and apply it to Ohio. You move there. Have you experienced anything that you would think of as Midwestern nice? For sure, I think that. Oh sure. Well, for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you oh. know, if you to get down to it, you know, um, I think people in the Midwest are definitely more interested in being cordial to complete strangers um like even if they they might have zero reason to believe that they'll ever see you again uh and they'll probably will treat you like have a slower conversation that might like they might ask you even if they aren't listening listening yeah but they'll probably engage you more than someone who's just trying to like be like okay hi you know bye like you know, even if you go into the store, into a store like, like you go into a deli or whatever, right? It'll probably you'll probably get more interaction. So then you it know, really Ohio gets down you to would in New York. It really gets down to like what you want out of strangers. <laughs> like, how do you expect to be treated by strangers? And it's probably, I think, a lot. Cole, probably a lot of what you said rings true. The expectation of the aura or the mystique of Minnesota nice probably sets it up for failure. And it probably doesn't help that, like, we moved from Raleigh, which is a big city by North Carolina terms, but essentially we moved from a small city to a big city, we moved from the south to the north, and then we moved to the Midwest, so, like, all these things kind of swirl around, and it was just a bit of a, a misstep as far as expectations go. It's a lot of variables. Yeah, it's a lot of variables that kind of came together and just, like, I totally misjudged how they would mix. And maybe that's also true, like, maybe I would see it differently if I had moved to Minneapolis from New York. But I feel like the South also has kind of a, a reputation to be very friendly and at a, move at a slower pace. Yeah. So maybe that's, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that relative. Maybe people, maybe people care, but you're not answering them fast enough. <laughs> yeah, the Southern drawl is too slow. <laughs> they get bored. So you guys both live in St. Paul. Thank you. Right, but uh, it does. What draws you guys to Minneapolis? Like, what's there that you can't find here? That you, you know, why do you make the trek Literally. to Minneapolis? Anything after five p.m. St. Paul is like a super businessy city, and people commute to work. And so, once businesses close, more or less the city dies. Which is awesome living there, because when you come back home from being somewhere else. The streets are empty, it's beautiful, and it's just so quiet and a nice place to be. But if you want to do something late, you got to go to Minneapolis. So, so do like plenty of people live in St. Paul and work in St. Paul, but like if you're going to go out for entertainment, they go to Minneapolis, or is it just businesses in St. Paul? And like most people live and play in Minneapolis. There's a few neighborhoods that have uh, some sort of night scene, so like Cathedral Hill, Grand Avenue... And then Highland Park has a few places. And so um, a lot of people who live in those areas will stay in those areas at night. Um, personally, I feel like people who have lived in either of the cities since like high school or up, they don't often cross between the cities. They kind of stay in their own. Um, but what pulls us to Minneapolis is, first off, all of our friends live there. <laughs> so we go to uptown and northeast a lot um just a larger night scene we also go over for restaurants that we don't have on this side um both sides have a really good food scene so you're not going to be displeased either 
city you're in. St. Paul has, I would say they have an equal amount of cool parks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Definitely. fair. Yeah. Um, Minneapolis probably has a better art scene. Yeah. By far. You wanna you wanna talk about the art scene really cool? What kind of stuff do you guys enjoy about the art scene up here? Um, visual uh, or music or whatever have you? Well, they have the sculpture garden, which is cool. It's like a big outdoor. It's like one of the hallmarks of the Twin Cities. It's this this giant outdoor sculptures. There's just some cool stuff out there. Um, we you know. Raleigh wasn't the biggest city, so it's cool to live somewhere where art exhibits rotate really frequently because we just get to see so much cool stuff, uh, which is awesome. Um, we, we have the Walker, which is one of the best museums in the nation, and so that's great. And also there are a lot of smaller art exhibits that you'll see pop up, and there is the Soap Factory in, I think, the Warehouse District, and that has a lot of experimental art, more interactive. It rotates frequently. They fund a lot of local artists. And so that's a fun space that is definitely super creative, super local, always changing. Like, doesn't fit everything that you think of with art, I'd say. Very cool. Very cool. I think we're starting to get at something we want to talk about on each of these episodes, which is, you know, we've talked about some things you like, some things you don't like about the cities, but what do you think makes these cities special? What makes these, like, living here different or preferable to some people? What will you take away when you, if you, if you happen to move somewhere else or, yeah? Yeah, like, when you travel somewhere else, what do you... What do you not see elsewhere that you get to experience or, or like see living here in the Twin Cities? I just think that because the winter is so ferocious, the vibrancy of life in spring and summer is just so exuberant and so like go get them that it's just awesome to be around it. And like, you know, we wake up in the morning and there's people running outside and there's people like canoeing and kayaking. It's just so cool to like come here in the warm, if you were coming to visit, you come in a warm month and you go outside and you're just swamped with people having fun doing their thing and it's great it's super motivating if you know you want to stay inside and you're like ah summer months are precious i guess it's taught me to be really appreciative of awesome weather that's like the minnesota that's like the twin cities thing it's just like make the most of the weather whether that be like grunt gritting grit, gritting your teeth and burying it in the winter or just living life to the fullest in the summer and that's what I love out of the Twin Cities is just like how crazy it gets and how much fun it is in the good months. And regardless of how good or bad the weather is, the food and beer is always going to be amazing. Like, <laughs> I will miss the food and beer so much when we leave. Devin, you also, I mean, you know, we've been here 24-ish hours. Right. What about this city really stands out to you during our short time here? Take your time. Yeah. Um, so it has been, it has definitely been a whirlwind. Um, I find it very interesting how seamlessly it feels like the, the residential areas connect to like the more metropolitan parts of the city, right? So like um, you know, you, I do get the feeling that there's a lot of a lot of distinct neighborhoods that kind of occupy the space between the Twin Cities. Um, I think what makes the Twin Cities so special is, you know, all the things that Taylor and Cole said, and it's it's the vibrancy both of the surroundings and of the people. I mean, it takes a lot to live in a place that gets this insanely cold and then also this insanely beautiful and to, to manage to balance that. I think there's just so much to do here that 
you know, you can spend, you guys have been here a year now, and you can, you can continuously discover new things that you didn't know before, and there's so much to do, so uh, many places to go. I think that's great. That's not necessarily true of all cities. There are cities where you can exhaust your possibilities much faster, much, um, much less engaged communities in other cities. You know, this may be tainted by being here in the summer, but I think this would be... I think this is a great place. Shout out by anyone? Well, I would like to just give a shout out to both of you, Taylor and Cole. Shout out for being our first guest. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate you guys being here. It's yeah. been really nice. And showing us around as well. I mean, that was... It's been good to have some, it's been really some good people to, to tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah, to have that perspective. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a very interesting city. And I think it's, with the amount of time that we've had to spend here, what with, you know, our schedules, it's, you know, definitely appreciated having some guides to make sure that we, we see the necessary sides of the city, the cities. So, yeah, thank you guys. And that is the end of episode 01 um, and the Midwest. As always, I'm Kyle. And I'm Devin. <laughs> For sure. As always. Oh, yeah. The second episode. Peace. intensifies that's your that's your opening song it's just us breathing hard everyone breathing deeply i've been recording for a while